Welcome to Recently Logged After Hours. Uh, which probably doesn't make any sense to you all, since I'm assuming this will be coming out at a normal time. <laughs> but, a normal time. But we're recording at night. That is true. It is it is uh, technically nighttime by most people's standards. I mean, I don't the think sun is down. I don't think anybody's standards <laughs> of nighttime would not be now. I guess it's yeah. it's nine it's nine thirty and the sun is down. Um, but yeah, we're we're recording uh, the night before we usually would. We usually record on a Monday morning, right before we release. There will be renovations, renovations in the studio. Renovations in the studio <laughs> tomorrow morning. Wow. Uh, but anyway, uh, my name is Robbie. And I'm Micah. And together we talk about uh, movies. On on this little podcast called Recently Logged, which you're now listening to. You're listening to it right now. Uh, this week we're doing something a little bit different from our normal episodes. For, for long-time listeners of, of the pod, uh, you'll know what we're up to. Uh, we're doing a What We Watched episode, which is essentially we were too lazy to pick something. <laughs> wow. Or we just had a lot of films that we wanted to talk about, Micah. Uh, so we're going to talk about every movie we've logged from the 23rd to now and we're gonna go a little yeah. bit more in depth with it than we do in our normal ending segment um actually usually these episodes end up going longer yeah i was about to say usually it's a bit longer so strap in i guess strap in uh we i i left on 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 a on a business a trip, business trip. <laughs> a work trip, and uh, I watched <laughs> movies separately too. So we've got like I was about to say we watched a bunch of like different stuff. Yeah, we have a so lot of variety going into the episode. Be interesting. So strap in and let's get into what we watched. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we're starting from the twenty third. From uh, Dawn of the Planet of the we Apes. We watched Dawn of the Planet of the Apes right before we recorded our episode on it. We got up really early <laughs> right. and watched it, and it was very, it was very good. <laughs> uh, and then, and then I left uh, to go to my girlfriend's house. <laughs> wow! <laughs> Bailed on the podcast, my And on the twenty third, uh, the afternoon of the twenty third, I rewatched Licorice Pizza. Showing it to her for the first time since I bought the Paul Blu-ray. Thomas Anderson, baby. Uh, we need Paul to do Thomas an episode Anderson. on that. It's so good. It would actually be a very good movie to do an episode <laughs> yeah. on. There's a lot to break down. Mm-hmm. Um, Haley, my girlfriend, wasn't the biggest fan of it overall, but she still found it enjoyable, which is about what I expected. It's, yeah. it's not really for everyone. But even though it wasn't in theaters, so it wasn't quite as, like, captivating of an experience it really shows even watching this at home how engrossing this film is and kind of addictive right i really like it's (laughs) it's it's really like infectious just watching the film and the vibe you get and it does a really good job of like uh trying all of its themes and different things that it's going for I think you can draw different stuff from it. I think it's a very up-to-interpretation film. I'm nodding my head. Um, <laughs> right. It's, it's very it's very beautiful, uh, both in look and in feel. And yeah. uh, I gave it five out of five again. Who'd have thought it? Uh, and that uh, afternoon and evening, I watched a bunch of movies. <laughs> Apparently. Um, after you left... Uh, I turned on Daredevil for the very first time, the 2003 Ben Affleck one, mm. and it was um, 
it, it was maybe the most 2000s superhero movie I've ever seen. Like it's it's like not 2000s superhero movie. That's a little misleading. It's the most 2000s movie that happens to be a superhero <laughs> movie that I've seen. Um, like in, incredibly on the nose, like alt rock needle drops every like 30 oh, yeah. minutes or so. Oh, yeah. Um, it was pretty good. It was it wasn't bad by any stretch. I don't know why it has such a negative reputation. Like it's sure it's cheesy and kind of weird, but I think I think it was fine. Uh, you know, I I don't know if I'd watch it again. But, yeah, I wasn't but it really was that fine. interested. Um, I gave it a two and a half out of five. Oh my god, I should think that would work. <laughs> Micah, Micah just set his phone on my desk. <laughs> And it began to charge. I never have done the touch charging. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. (laughs) (laughs) After Daredevil, I watched uh, Max Steel for the very first time, the 2016 film. No one cares about Max Steel. Who's even heard of Max Uh, Steel? It has that one actor from Ocean's Eleven in it, and I kind of wanted to see it just because of that. Wait, wait. There's there's 11 actors? (laughs) Um, The the casino guy. Ah, The bad guy. So not even one of the uh, (laughs) the main 11. Um, But he's in that. um, The costuming is actually pretty dope, and everything else kind of... Costuming dope, actually. (laughs) Yeah, it's like cool Power Rangers level of good costuming but yes. everything else ranges from all right to like pretty just flat out bad mm-hmm. um i also gave it a two and a half out of five and then after <laughs> that uh, i watched uh runaway jury the 2003 uh thriller i guess um which i which i made it home for the very end of <laughs> indeed uh it it feels like a 90s thriller in 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 every respect i think maybe, performances writing maybe it was uh it was stuck in production hell until the... <laughs> it's just been in, it's just been in post-production since the 90s uh you know like uh what's that movie that we just watched like the the king's daughter or whatever yeah, that yeah. was filmed in like 2014 and didn't come out until 2022 <laughs> was crazy man but yeah runaway jury uh fun performances it it really is like a weird artifact of it's like the last of its kind of like these weird book based movies where it's like a pretty basic screenplay but you get like a bunch of good actors like a really great cast in and it brings like a good energy to it Hmm. um yeah and i kind of know yeah i was about to say it's it's a good throwback to that sort of thing um so I enjoyed it. I, I gave it a three and a half out of five. I thought it was pretty fun. Mm, very generous. Very nice. <laughs> very generous. Uh, then on the twenty fourth, I was I was on the road. Uh, I was I was zipping. I was zipping driving. And zooming. Uh, <laughs> oh, I was wow. not personally driving actually, but uh, I hope not. You were watching something. <laughs> I watched uh, first close up. Um, I think it's I think it's an Arabic film. Uh, that sounds right yeah uh it's a documentary of sorts is it micah it's like it's okay it's like a it's like american animals where it's like a documentary mixed with recreations of stuff but Mm -hmm. in this one they actually got every single person who was in the real life story to recreate it for them which is so crazy (laughs) um unprecedented but it's actually kind of incredible how good it was. Like, I felt like I was ascending to another plane of documentaries. <laughs> wow. Uh, if you can call it a documentary, which I, I kind of don't, but it kind of is. I don't know. It's a very, very cool story, and it paints all of its characters, or people rather, in Ooh. very uh, very unique light. 
because it doesn't really hop on one side or the other of the weird story that's going on, and it much more kind of explores the entire thing through the conversation of art, um, which is just so cool. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and it looks really great, and the atmosphere is outstanding, and the performances from all the real people are good for some reason. Why? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's just Americans that are bad actors, Mike. <laughs> uh, and yeah, no, it's a gorgeous film to look at. And I would definitely suggest checking it out. Very cool. I gave it five out of five. Whoa, who'd have thought it? <laughs> um, I figured we'd go back and forth. Yeah, so. I was about to say, I watched uh, an, an interesting movie. <laughs> um, uh, we, we, we went out and rented uh, Amma. Oh, I wondered if you like watched it in theaters or something. I didn't know. Yeah, no, we went out and rented it on DVD, which is which is about <laughs> right for this movie, actually. Um, 2022 horror film uh, about mothers, I guess. It, it's, it's very flimsily done. I don't know. It's a very wishy-washy movie. Uh, it kind of reminds me of, like... If Insidious was bad, you know, <laughs> that sort of thing. Insidious is Insidious bad. Insidious is not bad. Uh, it's it's still it's not that bad. Um, but I don't know. There's I don't really have too much to say about it. It's it's got some good performances, but it's just got a really really weak screenplay. Um, I gave it a three out of five. Like it's not it's not like terrible. There's actually some really good sequences in it. Yeah. Um, but it like just any subtext it has feels very bleh. Yeah. <laughs> and one noted. Uh, then also on the twenty fourth on the on the drive still yes. uh, since we were on a good old fashioned road trip, um, I watched uh, the nineties it uh, miniseries question mark I really don't know because I, it I it, it doesn't feel it's not episodic like it's not broken down into episodes it literally you could just watch it as its entire three hour and some odd minute thing does it's, it split it in like the movie cut of it. And it's, there's no transitions at all? I mean, there's a time jump. Is but there, it, like, title cards or anything? No, there's no title wow, cards. Okay. Like, it literally... Dang. And, and oh, wait, no, I, I'm wrong, actually. There's not even a time jump, because I thought there would just be a cut. Um, but uh, they do a really cool thing, which I was going to mention, in which they balance the timelines really well as they introduce you to all of the adult characters getting called back to... Um, dairy yeah. yeah and when each of them gets called back it does the flashbacks of their childhood oh, and, that's and, actually cool. and builds in a really natural way somehow i don't know how they did it for how many people there were <laughs> and they build a really natural timeline and story of their childhood story that's um, actually kind of cool <laughs> and then halfway through it's just focusing on the adults but i don't know why this movie has <laughs> such a weird bad rep i mean like it's it's got some pacing issues for sure but Oof. that's that's a real like, killer for a lot of but people, like not like not pacing and like it's boring but like pacing out it's like plot points. characters i guess oh. like a lot of the characters like character moments and everything don't feel that well explored and everything but like the story always keeps interesting i know people were complaining that it's like three and a half hours and like <laughs> it is actually on screen for like 20 minutes um but it does a really good job in cultivating the fact that like he's kind of like like a very good sense of paranoia throughout the movie 
and the nightmare sequences are yes. super sick. Okay, I'm, and, I'm very much interested in seeing this now. <laughs> and like, I don't know, like this was this Tim Curry as it. I mean, everybody pretty much agreed that that was good casting, <laughs> but that's really really fun casting. Yeah, and I thought even though. Uh, Okay, I, uh, the one complaint <laughs> I have with this, I forgot about this. The one big complaint I have with the movie is the performances are super mixed. It's not Ooh. that it's not that they're even giving bad performances. They'll just do like a really bad scene, and then a couple <laughs> scenes later do like a really great scene. Oh. Like these actors are not consistent at all, both Dang. the adult and childhood actors. Oof. Um, could be bad direction honestly yeah i have no idea but i really enjoyed it and it really it didn't feel like it was like super long for being as long as it was uh, why do you keep saying the name of the movie micah yeah, well, <laughs> i really enjoyed it wow well, that's that's great <laughs> <laughs> i gave it four out of five <laughs> Uh, and also on the 24th, I finally finished Moon Knight, the new Marvel show on yeah. Disney Plus. Uh, it was fun, I guess. Uh, I don't know. Does, does the theme song get stuck in your head, Remy? No, it doesn't. stuck in my I, head. I mentioned in my review of the show that I was like, I, did I just sit through like five hours of <laughs> MCU TV? Oh, it's so messy. Just, just because I like the costume in the show. Yes, I did. And Oscar Isaac. I mean, Oscar gotta Isaac give, is, gotta give is Oscar. very much a plus. <laughs> but I just really love Moon Knight's costume. Right. But man, such a mess of a show. <laughs> very, very messy show. It needed... I don't know what it needed. It needed, it needed like, a rewrite, it needed like 45 rewrites. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Ethan Hawke is fun. Oscar Isaac is fun. The costume is cool. Uh, it's story is paced out like garbage. Terrible. I don't I was know. To say, it's, it's story pacing is terrible. <laughs> the way it handles really its themes throughout and like the way it builds on its themes is also terrible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> really, the last two episodes are the only episodes where I was like, yeah, this is this is good. I liked it a lot, um, yeah. but I, I mean, it's not bad, like on the whole, it's just very mixed. Yeah, I think it did one of those things where it's like, um, they did that thing where if you have a superhero, they kind of tried to do like a weird origin story kind of thing yeah. for it. And it's like, oh, after these last two episodes, now that this is like a <laughs> fully fleshed out thing, uh, now we can have like actual good TV, which is lame. Yeah, because uh, like it was just so messy. They as do it was a really, they do a really bad job of like actually getting you invested into any of the stuff that's happening until the last few episodes. Yeah, and there's there's some fun moments in yeah, it throughout it's, for it's sure. It's fun. It has fun elements. Um, mostly the performances and some of the writing and stuff. Uh, the cinematography was the actually one, the one too. the one tomb raider-esque horror <laughs> sequence was fun yeah that was, that was all right um but yeah I, I gave it a three and a half out of five it's it's not bad by any stretch i just wish it was better yeah i think i gave it a three i think i talked about yeah, it you earlier because yeah. uh, i logged it a bit ago i finished mm -hmm. it before him uh yeah but that's me for the 24th <laughs> so you have something uh, i do i watched one other thing i watched uh something's coming west side story uh a 2021 tv spot <laughs> something's coming uh, something good. <laughs> oh my gosh uh but yes we did a whole episode on west side story go listen to it it's a very good movie this tv spot uh is basically just the cast and crew saying go watch the movie it's good <laughs> that's that's so weird. i was um, really hoping it was be like a documentary <laughs> you know it was still entertaining
entertaining like because they talked a lot about like how it relates to the previous west side story uh, what inspiration it draws yeah. that sort of thing uh and it was cool hearing St- uh, steven spielberg talk about uh casting some of the actors mm. and actresses yeah. in it so it was it was fun i liked it i gave it a three and a half out of five nice cool cool little thing <laughs> then on the 25th i arrived at the little apartment condo thing i was staying at <laughs> and they had a tv in this apartment condo thing wow. and on this tv was like live on demand weird i, I don't know what it was <laughs> it was it was free movies <laughs> free with the hotel <laughs> free movies with ads at wow. certain times um cool and I was scrolling through. It was pretty darn late. I was super tired. I was scrolling through. I was like, I gotta, I gotta watch one of these movies. I'll watch one this of these a bunch movies. of movies that I don't have access to any other time. Uh, and I landed on the Simpsons movie. The Simpsons. <laughs> um, I think just because I was super tired and didn't want to turn on anything else that I would have to be like super invested in. Ah, uh, the um, Simpsons. <laughs> and it was, it was fine. It was pretty fun. I guess it was. I guess really. Most of my disappointment from it comes from the fact that I'm watching in a different part of The Simpsons where I genuinely just think the show is a heck of a lot better than this. That's so good, man. Um, <laughs> and, I, I mean, it's still really funny. The characters are all still there. It still has funny bits and jokes and gags. Uh, the plot's fine. It's well-paced. But it just felt kind of, like, less than it could have and should have been. And, like overall as an overarching story and plot and everything it doesn't do the greatest job of getting me invested like emotionally at all which it tries to get you emotionally invested into like homer's Mm. plot and everything yeah i could see that but like like it was fine it was fun (laughs) it was funny i don't know good i i can't wait to see it i've heard good things i gave it a three and a half it was not bad by any means all righty uh, on the 25th, I logged a short film, uh, Jack Stober's Rain, which is only like, like 60 seconds, <laughs> only like 20 seconds long. Um, but I think it's fantastic. I gave it a four and a half out of five. Go watch it. I think I've seen Rain. Yeah. Good one. Uh, on, the 26th. Tw- on the 26th, I watched uh, on, on the on the, uh, the television. The telly. Uh, I watched <laughs> Newt Moot Alley. Uh, but not not, not the new Newt Moot Alley, the old Newt Moot Alley. What? Uh, which, for people who didn't listen to our Nightmare Alley episode, I'm talking about Nightmare Alley. I'm talking about the film <laughs> the Nightmare 19, Alley. The 1947 Nightmare Alley. Yes. Um, and it was really, really good. I was kind of shocked how similar it is in, like, a lot of ways to the remake. Like, in cinematic language and story overall and characterization and just, like... It's very similar. <laughs> I saw a couple of shots from the 40s one, and I didn't realize. They're, like, almost exactly the no, same as the new one. There's lines that are exactly it's the so same. Weird. There are shots that are almost exactly the same. It, it really <laughs> is similar. Um, and I like a lot of elements about this a little bit more than the Del Toro one. But I think, ultimately, the Del Toro one shines a lot more because it's longer as much as that sounds weird. <laughs> I was about I to say, we... so many people complained about the <laughs> Del Toro one being way too long. I know we could, I know like that was one of the biggest complaints, <laughs> but I really felt like it, it, this felt a little rushed on its themes, especially in its ending, which has changed slightly from the Del Toro one. Ooh, um, <laughs> so while its filmmaking is still fantastic, its cast is great, the cinematography is great, it feels really ahead of its time for the 40s. Uh, 
I felt like its ending didn't quite hit as hard as I wanted it to, and I gave it a four and a half. Still a very cool film. Fair enough. Uh, on the 26th, I watched, uh, it finally came on Peacock, and I was very excited. <laughs> uh, I watched Ambulance, the new Michael Ambulance. Bay movie. Ambulance. 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 But yes, I watched the new Michael Bay movie, Ambulance 2022, baby. Um, I really loved it <laughs> um I've, if it I've, has if it has unhinged jake gyllenhaal you know it's exactly good. <laughs> exactly um honestly i i can't see doing a michael bay movie without jake gyllenhaal again because <laughs> he's so good in this now having seen like one <laughs> michael bay movie i feel like the one key element it's missing <laughs> that would tie his filmography together is Jake Gyllenhaal. Like an unhinged Jake Gyllenhaal <laughs> performance, and that's what Ambulance is. Um, but yeah, uh, I'd only ever seen uh, The Island. That's the only other Michael Bay movie I've seen, and this was much better than that. Uh, it has really great... Uh, it has a really, like, surprisingly great emotional core. Nice. That I, I was crying. I, I cried twice watching crying, Ambulance. Crying in the ambulance I was watching Ambulance, the, the cinematic equivalent of cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> and I was crying. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's great. Uh, the rest of the cast is great. The drone shots are great. Micah, they have drone shots with like ultra wide angle lenses. Sounds kind of sick. And they're so cool. <laughs> I just, I wish the editing wasn't as choppy. That's literally the only problem I have with Ooh, this movie. That's, that's a big Michael Bay thing is his editing is often. I think this would honestly be like a perfect action thriller movie if not for just the really Does like. cut a lot in action? It's not, it's not like egregiously like bad. Is it like Transformers bad? No, it's not that okay. bad. It, it holds on shots for a while. It's just stirring some of the action. I wanted it, like the drone shots look so good and I just wanted them to hold on the drone shots for longer than they do because they're only like three or four seconds long yeah, usually right after that the drone like blew up in a fiery explosion <laughs> exactly <laughs> they're like we got the camera up there it's coming down <laughs> um but yeah no i just that was really the only thing holding it back from being like perfect action thriller movie for me nice. um is just some choppy editing uh but i gave it a four and a half loved it second best or my second favorite of the year so you guys far. you guys listening to this are missing <laughs> the fact that robbie talks with his hands so much I do. his hands right in my face like flipping all over the place <laughs> while he's talking about ambulance flipping and flopping but yes uh, go watch ambulance good movie also on the 26th i watched steven spielberg's the post for the very uh, first 2017 time. for the first time yeah. uh it's never on anything and i feel like it's kind of like <laughs> right? a forgotten Never Spielberg movie anyway. in general, like nobody. Along with uh, uh, Terminal, what is, what is that? What is that? The Terminal. The Terminal. Yeah. That's. I feel like that's even more talked about than the Post. <laughs> like that's how that's how weird this is, <laughs> right? Um, but like I don't know. It was exactly kind of what I expected. I can kind of see where it kind of gets forgotten in terms of Spielberg's filmography because it's just perfectly good. Like, like just a like it's solid a, it's, a, it's a great movie but it's nothing like like standout ish in terms of spielberg's filmography like it's just another great spielberg movie in a field of great spielberg yeah. movies like there the i know a lot of people complain about the colors but like the cinematography and lighting and everything still looks good it's just more of a gray movie uh, there's not a whole lot of like massive sequences it's a very simple movie 
Um, Good. But what it kind of drives on is <laughs> it's, it's really great drives, performances, <laughs> and it's really kind of snappy and strangely emotional story. Yes. Um, and I don't know. It yes. worked. It worked like really well. <laughs> Got me really super good. invested. <laughs> um, Tom Hanks' performance was actually good. Yay! Yeah, good Tom <laughs> Hanks' performance. Which, which I know he's had so many good Tom Hanks performances, but like at the same time, there are tons of Tom Hanks performances that are just so dry. They're just like, I don't know, man. With him, it's either like really fun and charming or just like extremely boring and dry. And <laughs> I don't know uh, what it is. Bob. Man. I have no idea how to say his last name. Orkinick? I don't know. Uh, that's don't know. that's my guess. I'm not looking um, at the spelling of it. <laughs> but yeah, he's in the Better Call Saul. Better Call Saul. <laughs> Saul is here. Um and he gives a great performance. I wasn't expecting him to be here at all. And then he was just like he was popping off. He just rolled up. Uh, and yeah, it's just like a really interesting, almost like political <laughs> print media thriller <laughs> which is really weird but it's really good and i'm sad that people kind of forgot about it there you go yossi if you're listening right now micah has seen it i need to watch it still <laughs> uh, i gave it four and a half nice uh on the 26th i also watched the amazing spider-man it was a rewatch. Uh, my mom had never seen it before she'd never seen it she'd never seen it before that's crazy like, that's so weird um what, what is there to say? Uh, Emma Stone and Andrew Garfield. Yeah. And I wish the studio hadn't butchered out like half of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Amazing Spider-Man for what's there. It's good. Uh, the act, uh, the performances are really fun. Uh, good uh, good ideas. Good visuals. Uh, Mark Webb. That's the movie I gave it His a His last name was Webb. His name was Webb. He could have made the best Spider-Man movie. How do you have a director <laughs> whose last name is Webb? And then not let him make his his cool character drama. They cut out so much lizard stuff. It makes me so sad. Right? The lizard like, if you've so if good. you've seen any of those behind the scenes oh, stuff, they're like genuinely so great good. scenes. And even in even in like the Amazing Spider-Man two and behind the scenes stuff for all of this, the cutout right? scenes are like always the best part. Stop stop letting the, the studios butcher the And the producers movies. you got you got the releases of all the producers being like literally like what are the kids into EDM? Yeah, let's put oh that in. Gosh. Cut out all of this emotional stuff. Yeah. Uh I gave it a three and a half. I think for what's there, I I, I just want it to be that much better. Emma Stone is so good. I'm an this. amazing Spider Man <laughs> defender though. Yeah, no, I think it's good. I mean I give it a seven out of ten. That's that's a good score. Um, what else did you watch on the 26th? Uh, on Micah? the 26th, I watched, uh, what is Stanley Kubrick's Lolita. You watched a Kubrick without me. I watched like a, a, I, a I sat there, I sat there as I turned it on <laughs> and thought, what would Robbie think? What would Robbie say? <laughs> what would he, what would he say to me watching <laughs> Nightmare Alley, The Post and Lolita all in one day? And the Simpsons movie. I really want to see the Simpsons movie. <laughs> I was just watching all the movies. <laughs> You're watching every movie that I want to see. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm not the biggest kubrick fan in the world you might be the smallest um, kubrick fan <laughs> he makes good movies and makes this so was this was no exception films, uh it was really really good um and like really kind of uncomfortable and creepy to watch in a good yes. way i really love yes. the framing of the story um and yes. what they do in terms of like having the super violent action be at the beginning to where it shows how much harsher the stuff he actually does beforehand is like like everything he I does. Know, I don't know the plot of Lolita. 
<laughs> but yes, Dude, I was about to say, do you mind no, spoilers? I, I don't care. So it opens on a murder. He oh, murders somebody. I did not know. I don't uh, know. I don't even know who it's about. But that's like the I least, thought it was going to be about Lolita. <laughs> but that's like the least aggressive and like disturbing thing he does. And it really punctuates how much more like violent and blah seeming he is towards Lolita throughout the film than the actual murder he gives he does in the beginning which i just thought was really cool framing for the story as it goes on who'd have thought that kubrick um, is a good filmmaker and knew how to open a movie <laughs> the correct way um, i think if you put it at the end of the film in timeline order it would have been kind of lame lame uh, <laughs> but it still was a little bit too long I'd, i think it could have been a little bit tighter uh, which i know a lot of people have said it's one of his like less overall together feeling movies he's usually such like a um, precise filmmaker yeah, even, like he even, usually has such a good even grasp. versus something like the killing which is yeah. one of his earlier films this feels like a little bit like a little sloppier a little sloppier honestly that makes sense but there's a lot going on in terms of symbolism and background stuff does and... lolita actually wear the heart-shaped sunglasses I honestly don't remember her ever wearing. I would be so sad or, if she doesn't actually. Or having a lollipop, but I, I could be that's, wrong. That's the whole reason I want to see the Robbie. Movie. Robbie, no, Robbie, Robbie. She's like fifteen. Oh no! <laughs> but it looks—it's an aesthetic. It's Robbie. The, it opens the title. The opening credits are on like a prolonged thing of her feet. Oh no! I just—it's—it's it's a just really saw, disturbing movie. I just saw someone with heart-shaped sunglasses and. A lollipop and i'm like this is an aesthetic i can't believe they remade this, so this movie with graphic sexual content i'm so glad Yikes. this was made in the 60s right uh i gave it four stars really good but not perfect all right fair enough um on the 27th i watched uh, a little documentary called 20 feet from stardom about a bunch of different uh backup singers from like the 40s 50s 60s 70s 80s 90s. basically through the basically uh documenting the death of like backup singing as a career and that sort of yeah. thing uh i think it won best documentary at the oscars or something like that i think it got a nomination at the very least uh it was fun it was good um not too much to say about it i wish it was a bit more uh what's the word i'm thinking of engaging <laughs> cohesive interesting i i wish it was a bit more cohesive that's what i was thinking yeah of. uh it just feels very it feels like a video essay yeah like not a good video essay <laughs> where they just kind of were like jumping from topic to topic without much semblance of structure yeah uh, but other than that it was very good uh it looked great sounded great uh, i gave it a three and a half out of five good good documentary nice I liked it. do you also want to talk about the other one since you have three and i have one oh uh, sure yeah uh, i also watched holes that night the 2003 disney movie which it's so well, weird that like you, have you read holes before i have okay it, isn't it kind of weird <laughs> that disney adapted holes? it is it's a little the movie weird. about like uh child abuse and death <laughs> <laughs> which was, which has surprisingly like sweet symbolism throughout for like a weird kid's it's book it's so cool it's, it's such a cool story and micah the guy who wrote the book wrote the screenplay for the movie Ooh, so it's literally like a one one adaptation of the book you, you could literally watch the movie and be like yeah that was pretty much the book with with shia labeouf shia labeouf is great in this um actually all the performances are great so gordon weaver is great in this guys it's just me shia LaBeouf. <laughs> i've never been like a sigourney weaver guy but like 
holes. Sigourney she, Weaver. She's she she plays she plays the main like bad guy or uh, bad girl in uh, holes. Um, and she's really great. Uh, I don't know. It's just like surprisingly great filmmaking. It's paced really well. Uh, like y- if you remember holes, there's a lot of like flashbacks yeah, and yeah. a lot of overlapping. Plots. A lot of like dehydration and licking onions or something yeah, yeah lots of onions um but it, it manages to balance and juggle all of that really well really the only thing that's dated about this now is the bad cgi on some of the lizards hmm. um which it's really funny the they, lizards they use they used bearded dragons with like some body paint on them for the lizards and whenever they like do like creepy fang things they switch to full cgi oh no so it's just like plain bearded dragon to and like freaky keep... nightmare cgi lizard in like two seconds and it's really funny that's but, hilarious but yeah uh great movie i loved it a lot i gave it a four and a half out of five nice good stuff uh on the 27th i watched uh Adlands, Adlands. 73 terrence my malick. first terrence malick film yeah everyone um, remembers their first terrence malick film <laughs> dude i'm kind of i'm kind of in love with this movie now yeah. which i'm like gosh dang it i don't want to uh, Terrence You're Malick. You're going to become a Terrence Malick fanboy. He's so like a... Terrence Malicky. Um, <laughs> but I know a lot of people say that this is very interesting because this film, more than a lot of his later, like it's kind of the antithesis to a lot of his later films in terms of themes and everything. He has a very interesting career later um, on. So it's weird. <laughs> yeah, and this this was such such a en- engrossing film. Like, like Good. <laughs> every minute of this was doing something interesting, something really symbolic, something really dreamlike, while also being very aimless, purposefully so, playing into its themes. Yes. The performances are freaking amazing. Terrence, uh, it captures the, <laughs> like, like it's, it's like the, it's like Moonrise Kingdom, but like different. I, I put in my <laughs> review, it's Moonrise Kingdom for spree killers. And it's still kind of weird that this movie is about like real life spree killers because it approaches it true story yeah it approaches it in such a weird terrence malicky way that you honestly forget that it's about them killing people because that's not really what it's about Whoa. it's really it's just it's such a cool what if movie it was about humanity mike <laughs> a terrence malick movie about what it means to be a, a human being Whoa crazy um it it's gorgeous it's such a pretty film good um and like i i can't think of a single problem with it honestly i enjoyed every minute of it nice um you gotta watch a hidden and life I've, and i've been thinking about it like non-stop you gotta watch a hidden life micah <laughs> uh i gave it five out of five good uh on the 27th i watched for the very first time ultraviolet the 2006 film by the director of Equilibrium. Yeah, I watched Equilibrium, and I absolutely loved it. It immediately went in my top 50, and I was like, I gotta watch more of this guy's movies. I don't remember his name now. It's, uh, I don't know. I, <laughs> look it up, I guess. Um, but yeah, Ultraviolet, uh, most people know it. It has kind of, like, a really bad reputation. Uh, rightfully so. Uh, I loved Equilibrium with all of my heart, and this is this is not it. <laughs> this ain't it. Uh, this is the same writer-director for Equilibrium. You can very much tell. <laughs> uh, it's still very much like a... Uh, what, what, what is the term I'm thinking of? 
uh, not post-apocalyptic, uh, dystopian. That's the word I'm thinking of. Dystopian future government bad movie. Uh, uh, yes. Very, very, like I said, very similar to Equilibrium in that regard. Is it? Is it like? Is it like Equilibrium via Eon Flux? Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, it's vampires for some reason. It's an anime it's... adaptation, Ruby. No, it, actually, we looked it up because we were curious. This is an original screenplay that he came up with that was then turned Wait, into an anime. What? Yes, this was an American-made movie that he wrote. That was then turned into an anime. That is wild. I didn't know that. So it's a future movie. New. It's a future movie about a vampire virus. <laughs> maybe that. Maybe they just thought it was so similar to Eon Flux that they were like, "Yeah, make that into a manga." Uh, <laughs> and it's really, really bad. Um, we I looked into the background and production of it afterwards because I'm like, how could how could my boy make something this bad? Um, but it turns out that it was originally like 40 minutes longer than this is. Uh, with a bunch of more, like a bunch more character stuff and story stuff going on, uh, the studio took the film away from him and pushed it out like really fast. It was originally rated R. They cut it down to PG thirteen. They cut out like a bunch, like a bunch of character development Dang. stuff, and just straight up like plot points are missing from the story. That's, that's literally that's literally so sad. That's like the like, worst case scenario. Like really, like honestly, that that just makes me actually sad. No, I was like, this is this is so sad watching this right now because you can tell like. I think he's a great writer. I, I think Equilibrium is really great. Um, and you can tell he put so much work into this. Yeah, I um, mean, that's a very ambitious movie. And it's just, it's so disheartening because it's, it's almost like incohesive as a film in the form it's in. I want a director's cut for it so bad. Man, that's <laughs> But like crazy. VFX are unfinished. It jumps from like plot point to plot point with sometimes no cohesive uh, through line uh it it's just really bad <laughs> like it's just a bad movie that's so depressing <laughs> um the production design was still very cool the choreography which mind you he came up with a whole choreography style just for equilibrium and ultraviolet like the gun fu kind of stuff yeah, that he has going on trampoline stuff. it's even cooler in this Man. um he has like sword magazines in this and i'm like this is so dope but there's just there's nothing there it was yeah there's no blood why is there no blood it's supposed to be an r-rated action movie <laughs> it does it it does it aesthetically fit perfectly to have really nice blood in it it would have looked so good with blood Mike. it most of the fights take place in like light chambers where everything's like white or solid yellow or solid red Man. and like it would it have looked so like good it's with made blood. to have really exactly. cool blood violence it, the production design is so good in this it would man that, like that's really honestly it's such from, a depressing movie from to watch not only somebody who really <laughs> likes movies and storytelling uh -huh. but just like also somebody who likes making just stories, a, stories and it's, stuff. It's That's a creative, like the most depressing thing you can hear. It's like a creative horror story. He made, he put so much work into this movie, and the studio snatched it away from him. And they literally like didn't give. They, they literally didn't let him touch the production after they finished shooting. That's so. Terrible. And I'm like, this is no. It's really bad. Um, flaming sword fight, cool. Uh, production design, cool. Uh, the rest of it is just really, really awful. I gave it a one and a half out of five. Depressing sad, stuff. Sad movie. <laughs> and uh, on the 28th, um, 
I watched uh, Prometheus, or rather rewatched Prometheus. Uh, have we talked about Prometheus on the podcast? Yeah, we we mentioned it before. Very good. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we're both big fans. I really fans. like. I, I love Prometheus. I don't know why. <laughs> I, like, I know I know Alien Covenant isn't as like widely received, and I know a lot of people just didn't even realize Prometheus was an alien movie at first. <laughs> so it got like really weird, like talk about and like I remember when these movies came out. Yeah, right. Um, I didn't know Prometheus was an alien <laughs> movie back when it came out. <laughs> but uh, it's so good. It's such a really it's unique, like it's a really good. unique character study. <laughs> Um, and I really wish it, it like, and I, and I'm hoping beyond all hopes <laughs> that the alien covenant just dives more into David as a character. Uh, but what right. it's doing, like as a movie is all really unique, really fun. Uh, the production looks great. The CG looks great. The horror sequences are super fun. They're so much fun. Um, <laughs> it's the, such a fun little movie. The, the surgery scene. Come on, guys. guys. That was so good. The, the, the birth scene. The characters are all so great. <laughs> um, David is such an interesting... Like, I don't know. He's super captivating <laughs> from from moment one. And that's crazy. I, I'm not a big, like, Michael Fassbender fan. But, like, <laughs> he's, he's given it 110 As to be robot Lawrence of Arabia. <laughs> And that's great. It honestly <laughs> didn't occur to me that it wasn't just a robot until just now. Right? No, like it that's actually funny. feels so <laughs> android. Like, like you just completely don't even think about the fact that like this is a guy playing it. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait for Alien Covenant. I know it's supposedly not as good, but I I want my David content. <laughs> wow. Uh, I gave it a four and a half. All right, uh, I'm gonna. We gotta. We gotta pick up the pace here, man. I went. Uh, I went on so long about ultraviolet. We did. We're we're already. We're getting long, Remy. All right. Um, and you got a big stretch. On here. the 28th, I watched How to Murder Your Wife, Jack Lemon comedy. Uh, <laughs> that Jack Lemon. <laughs> probably the most deeply misogynistic film I've ever seen, and that's saying something. <laughs> um yeah very misogynistic uh there's some good there's some really good ideas sprinkled in here i really honestly if i ever one day become an established director i want to remake this movie uh with good with good (laughs) politics oh no how to murder your wife uh it could be a really really good satire about how damaging like toxic masculinity is to relationships but instead it's just ah oh, women suck don't they <laughs> oh those women um but yeah no it's it's just a really really misogynistic movie and it makes it kind of hard to enjoy uh outside of that it has kind of shoddy pacing but there are some really good comedic bits here jack lemon is jack lemon in this <laughs> i mean he's jack lemon in everything he gives basically the same amount of performance uh, energy in all of his movies so far that I've seen. Um, so I, I liked him in this, uh, just the material's bad. <laughs> it's, uh, but yeah, I gave it a two and a half out of five. And then on, uh, also on the 28th, I watched Embracing the Panda, The Making of Turning Red. Not much there about the actual, like, production of the film. <laughs> Oddly enough, it's more about the people who made the film and why they made some of the creative decisions they made, that sort of thing. Uh, very good documentary, one of the best I've seen in a while. I give it a four out of five. Uh, definitely check it out if you enjoyed Turning Red. Uh, and then I also watched The Last Radio Call, a uh, 2022 horror movie from the same director as uh, Deadware, I believe was the name of it. 
which we mentioned before on the podcast. Very much enjoyed that. And I, I enjoyed this too. It was a found footage slash mockumentary horror film. Uh, not not really, as good. Really weird. <laughs> not concept. as good as um, Deadware was. Like Deadware has a really fun pulp charm to it that this one doesn't have. Um, it, it it like it doesn't feel pulpy. It just feels like low budget. <laughs> yeah. And I, I was afraid because um, for those who don't know, Deadware takes place like it's one of those uh, screen only movies, kind of like Searching or Unfriended or <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Um, and it, the pulpiness really works well in that. This is uh, just kind of feels like a bad documentary. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was weird. I I will glad I will eat up this man's horror films all day though. <laughs> like he's he's like my favorite cheesy horror director now though. <laughs> it's so fun. Uh, I gave it a three out of five. Nice. And then also on the 28th, I watched for the very first time my octopus teacher. Uh, if you're if you were on the uh, Oscar train for the 2021 Oscars, you probably heard about this. Dinosaur train. <laughs> um, but it's about a guy. It's a documentary about a guy and an octopus. And they're uh, they're they're teaching each other stuff. Micah, if you can even believe it. <laughs> Um, it's, it's pretty much a propaganda film for being more conscious about your existence on the planet. So I, I, I liked it. I thought it was fun. It was cool. Uh, very interesting approach to documentary filmmaking. Uh, I hope I see more stuff like it in the future. I gave it a four and a half out of five. Good, good film. Good stuff. Uh, and then on the 29th. What did you watch, Micah? On the 29th. <laughs> wow, the people have heard me well. long enough. <laughs> <laughs> On the 29th, I watched uh, Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. Yes. Though I did not finish it. I missed like the last 10 minutes. We did a whole episode Which was on depressing. It. <laughs> we did do a whole episode on it. Still a really good. sick movie. Did, did McQuarrie do that one? Yes. Yeah, I thought so. Honestly, again, McQuarrie... <laughs> Great, great He's Mission Impossible director, director, man. Um, <laughs> works so well with Tom Cruise. Yes. Like, them producing movies is really I great. Was about to say, they are a match made um, in production heaven, man. Uh, and this, is, this isn't quite to the level of Fallout, but I like I said in my review, it's pretty much as close as you can get to being <laughs> as good as Fallout without being as good as Fallout. Yeah. Man, I need to rewatch Fallout. Uh, man. Very, very good. I give it four and a half. Nice. Uh, I rewatched The Last Radio Call. Uh, my thoughts didn't change that much. It still has a lot of pacing problems, but uh, yeah. What what did what did you watch after that, Micah? I watched. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. On the <laughs> way, I, like what did I? I watch? was driving home. Um, we driving home and no, watching. I wasn't, I wasn't driving again. I was not. Do not do not watch movies and drive. You were riding people. home. Micah. I was riding home, uh, and I watched uh, Akira Kurosawa's High and Low. Yeah. 1963. Shout out to Kurosawa. Uh, this is, I think, honestly, like his second highest average rated movie or something. One of, one of his top, like, yeah. popular and yeah, rated Yeah, this is one movies. of the ones he's known for. Um, so I was expecting great things, and I got great things. <laughs> it's super it? engaging. It looks beautiful. It's so cool to see Kurosawa work in a more modern setting. Yeah. Um, I can't wait to see some of his later <laughs> stuff, man. Dude dreams may not be in a modern <laughs> setting but it's more like it was made in like the 90s and it's yeah. it's insanely good but anyway high and low shoes 
ransom <laughs> super sick uh it's one use of color that it has in it which i was not expecting it's so cool uh <laughs> it's just like like all around a super engaging kind of creepy thriller and Ooh, i am creepy <laughs> yeah for occasionally i occasionally. did not expect that okay uh, i'm very excited now <laughs> and i i was i was very very much uh engaged the entire time it's a little bit of a long movie and i loved it Good. i gave it a five out of five nice uh on the 29th i also watched uh for the very first time true stories uh david burns i believe one and only directorial effort uh an 80s a mid 80s movie uh that is basically the equivalent of a talking heads album as a movie <laughs> you know all i can think of when i hear david burns is that one kid from the sackcloth bunch going david burns david burns <laughs> <laughs> okay that kid from sack lunch bunch shout out to him he's, he's doing amazing he's great, i love man. him uh but yeah true stories um i'm a big david Byrne fan he's like one of my favorite uh just creative forces ever i think um, I'm a big talk- I'm a big Talking Heads guy, and he has a very, very distinct directorial style, which I did not expect. Like it feels like a David Byrne film, you know. <laughs> Uh, which I mean, it makes sense. He has a very distinct like sound and his music and everything. He's a, he's a very distinct artist, and that's one of the things I love about him. Uh, but yeah, this is, it's such a charming little movie um it it feels like a documentary it apparently it was inspired by a bunch of tabloid headlines that david Byrne read <laughs> about a small town um and it's just really good john goodman is great here he sings a whole song like john goodman sings a whole song <laughs> while wearing a cowboy hat it's so good it's such uh, it's it's just such a wholesome movie it's bursting at the seams with just like really fun uh wholesome energy and i love it uh great social commentary too about like late 80s politics commentary no i did say it was like a talking heads album like um but yeah social and political commentary very good in this as well um i gave it a five out of five loved it put it in my top 50 recommend it to everyone i know (laughs) speaking of politics let's talk about the politics of tom cruise's top gun yeah, we watched it for the first... This is the first movie we've <laughs> the watched 29th, together right? of these. <laughs> oh, so long. Uh, but, yeah, we watched Top, Top Gun. Gun for the first time. And Tom Cruise is squeakier than I thought he would be. He's so squeaky when he's young. <laughs> he's like, hey, guys, I'm Tom Cruise. Hey guys, I'm, I'm Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> it was really kind of funny. Um, uh, but, yeah, Top Gun... Uh, it wasn't quite what I was expecting it to be, but at the same time, it was like everything I was expecting I don't, I, it to it be. Feels, it feels like way too on the nose for what I anticipated it to be. <laughs> it feels like a parody of what it, what I thought it would be. Like, I really, I, I really don't understand why this was like as big as it was. Cause like, it's good. It's fine. But like, it's kind of honestly forgettable and it's very on the surface with all of its themes it's so and weird. action. It's such a bizarre movie, dude. <laughs> I don't know. Like it's 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 really whack, but has that weird like I guess eighties. I, I guess that would fit in the eighties. Yeah, that weird no, like eighties like body oil shirtless guys being like bro and like uh like it's really weird. It's got that weird vibe to it. Um I don't know, man. Wow. 
No, no, like no, the entire I thing has that like testosterone turned up to eleven energy. Yeah, uh, I said uh, that it was pretty much like the pinnacle of eighties blockbuster movies. Like, it, it, I, I saw someone say one time that if they were going to make a parody of Top Gun, they wouldn't change anything, <laughs> and that that's pretty much it. Yeah, uh, fun movie though. Uh, I give it a four out of five. What did you give it? I gave it a three and a half out of five. Wow. Who would have thought it? Uh, and then on the 30th, we watched for the very first time Swiss Army Man. A24's uh, Swiss Army Man. Well, the, the Daniels. Swiss I know. Army I mean, the Daniels Swiss Army Man. Another film from them after Everything Everywhere All at Once. Well, before Everything. Well, yes, but we, we watched, watched it after. Yet. Yeah. Um, and man, this is a whack film. It's so much fun. It's really fun. So good. But like, I think about this. <laughs> would I ever recommend this to a single human would being? Would I recommend it? I don't to think people? I would want somebody to know that I had seen this. <laughs> like, like if I, like, it, not that I'm like wow. ashamed of the movie, but like if somebody like watched Swiss Army Man with you in mind. Yeah, with me in mind, I would be like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Wow. <laughs> I would recommend this to people. It's it's good. No, it's it's it's, it's really good. It's surprisingly emotional emotionally resonant which yeah. is insane for yeah. what it is it's probably even more absurd than everything everywhere all at once as it's, weird as that sounds it's, it's really goofy and somehow yeah. it works i think it's i think it looks a lot better than everything everywhere all at once actually like i really loved the cinematography and production design um and it just looks so good the craft and love that was put into this movie is insane you guys were making yeah. swiss army man that's oh man swiss army man uh paul dano is great this is my new favorite daniel radcliffe performance oh, he's daniel so radcliffe. funny here i love daniel radcliffe in this um i don't know it's just like a really good movie just solid film i, I gotta admire it. it it understands that mary elizabeth weinstein is the <laughs> is the perfect woman, no Ruby, it's creepy towards no her. exactly no it's a cautionary tale about becoming obsessed with mary elizabeth weinstein which is something i can relate to <laughs> uh but yeah swiss army man good movie i gave it a four and a half out of it five. was it was honestly i think the like the most i had been audibly laughing in a while it's so a movie. it's such a funny I, movie i also gave I it a four it. and a half yeah uh, and then that later that night we, we watched, watched uh, Chip, Chip and Dale, Dale. Rescue, Rangers. Rescue Rangers. I was not expecting this twenty twenty two kids movie that premiered on Disney Plus <laughs> to have a stripper reference in the right. first like thirty seconds. <laughs> but uh, you know, I'll take I'll take it. <laughs> it's, it's, it was it was a pretty good movie. <laughs> yeah. So this is this is a weird. It's a mixed it's a bag, weird man, movie. If there ever was oh, one, because <laughs> there's so much that's like really good that had no business being good from a movie like this. Right. Mainly a lot of like the creative ideas and executions I did not expect to be interesting or good at mm -hmm. all. Like in terms of the world that you're working in. Um, because take like Roger Rabbit, a very similar film. I was about in, to say, like, very much way. an inspiration for this, very clearly. Um, <laughs> Roger Rabbit was made by Robert Zemeckis in like oh, peak Robert Zemeckis time. That was like him at the height of his power. He man. was he was going hard <laughs> and like it, it rocks. Everything about it is pretty darn sick. Yeah. Uh, but you give like the modern landscape of like direct to Disney Plus movies <laughs> and you say, we're going to make a Roger Rabbit-esque movie through that. And I'm like, oh, no. You know, I will say, 
a Roger, a Who Framed Roger Rabbit inspired Disney Plus movie is somehow better than like all of the other Disney Plus movies. <laughs> it uh, is pulling from a gold mine of cinema. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say somehow it hits like really good beats in terms of how it uses its characters mm-hmm. and setting. And so many, like, fun, creative, different uses of mediums. I really enjoyed, like, seeing different things pop up, like the sock puppet. Um, yeah. And, dude, the one cheese puppet is so much fun. <laughs> yeah. I loved that. It's, it's for what it is, you know, there, it has a lot of, like, weird pacing problems and weird character stuff. And but, weird emotional core. Yeah, weird. And... <laughs> just, it, it's got a lot of weird writing decisions, but I really admire this film's creativity. It's fun. Yeah, it's really creative. It's not doing too much, but what it is doing is just kind of a little weird in terms of its emotional execution. Yeah. I said J.K. Simmons' uh, Gumby uh, detective was worth the price of admission. <laughs> like, he's quite good in this. I give it a three out of five. I give it a three and a half out of five. Good film. I liked it. Uh, and then on the 31st, we sat down with lunch and watched Adventure Through the Walt Disney Archives. An unfortunate time, unfortunately. <laughs> Which is basically just a Walt Disney propaganda movie. Yeah. As most, as I'm finding a lot of documentaries done by Disney like are. Like I said, the Imagineer story <laughs> one is actually really good. Okay, I'm looking forward to that. Um, but yeah. man, this thing was, this thing was kind of creepy. Yeah, it was It's weird. this kind of not funny guy. Like, the entire thing is this kind of not funny guy who's worked on, like, he's produced a bunch of movies. Yeah. But he's, like, worked heavily on, like, two movies. Uh, and he references them a lot. Uh, yeah. But it's him going around to different places, kind of acting like it's a story. Like, oh, he's just trying to make it to Walt's office. But what are these crazy different departments of the archive <laughs> of the he Disney finds archives. along the way? <laughs> but it's mostly just them being like, yes, this is the section of the archive. And him being like, oh, my gosh, Walt stood here. Oh, my gosh, Walt touched that. Oh, my gosh, Walt Disney. <laughs> yeah. Um, like I, I mentioned in my review, all of the most interesting parts of this are when they're actually showing like how they are. Like the archive process, Which they so very rarely, yeah, very do rarely for a film about the archive. It's about the archives, and they only show like the archival process a couple of times throughout, and those are the most interesting parts. So, but yeah, Mark <laughs> Hamill was pretty fun. Mark Hamill was fun. He was probably the most fun thing going on, and he was in it for like two minutes. <laughs> yeah, um, I gave it a three and a half out of five. I thought it was fun. I gave it a three. All right. Uh, um, on the thirty-first, I watched. Uh, during while i was working Whoa. uh toy story toy story uh, the original <laughs> the the i was i was in i was in a toy story mood i was actually in like a, i was in a random maybe. like pixar mood yeah and it was like toy story Hankering for some um, pixar <laughs> and man it's just so much fun what they were accomplishing i can't believe this was the first fully 3d animated movie like i can't believe so it, much about this could have been terrible it could have been so and bad it works man. so well and is so much fun and so iconic in so many different ways like um, it's like almost at aladdin levels of good line readings and comedic timing right it's no, so funny like 90 percent of what carries this movie <laughs> is its performances right which is insane for like this kind of movie yeah <laughs> um but its concept is really fun i think it's honestly 
using the Toy Story concept at some of its best. I, again, I still think Toy Story 2 is better. Yeah. But I really appreciate how simple in scale this is versus something like Toy Story 3 or 4. It needs to be, it needs to be studied in screenwriting classes, Micah. It's a, <laughs> I good, think it's it a is. darn good film, man. Uh, but it I is. gave it a four and a half out of five. Cool. Uh, and then later that night, also the 31st of May, uh, we watched The Brothers Bloom for the first time. Yeah. Which, as you may know, if you're if you listen to the podcast, we're big Ryan Johnson fans we've did we've did we did uh an episode about knives out i don't think we've done one on brick yet um but i do love brick quite a bit uh but yeah uh brothers bloom uh watched it for the first time i really enjoyed it uh really a lot of my opinion on this movie boils down to uh it's all of ryan it's ryan johnson at his most indulgent to his like niche taste in writing and film if that makes any sense yeah it, it just it, it feels overindulgent is the problem yeah, this feels like ryan johnson took everything that he likes like not even what he <laughs> wants to write about but just everything yeah. that he enjoys from like books and old tv shows mm-hmm. and old movies and was like let's do this let's do this let's make it into let's a movie <laughs> baby yeah um, that's and, what it feels like and like it's really fun and charming yeah it's still very charming but like it definitely the 90 percent of the flaws of the movie play in to the fact yeah. that it's way overindulgent and way just kind of <laughs> like it just doesn't it it feels because of that it doesn't hit yeah. it, it feels like ryan johnson at at a less mature level yeah. than even like brick which is right. odd <laughs> again because he would for brick i like honestly ryan johnson is a very um what's the word i'm looking for i don't know what the word you're looking for is uh like like a word for like he adapts and changes stylistically to very much versatile. fit a genre a like versatile film. not even versatile but like if he does a genre he's gonna, he very much like he's, does he's, the genre he's a big fan of media so he pulls from a lot of classic media whenever yeah. he does a genre so film. when he did a noir it's very much yeah a noir. rick is very much a noir <laughs> film yes. and when he does a goofy heist magic movie <laughs> it's a weird goofy heist magic movie dude mark ruffalo in this <laughs> what was going on i i will say i loved uh adrian brody and mark ruffalo in this. no the They're performances really are all really fun yeah but it's it, it just is a little too off the walls at yeah points, it is <laughs> and it doesn't feel like it fully ties together in a way that it should yeah especially emotionally uh yeah i get i gave it a four out of five i also gave it a four good out of five. time uh, then on the first, we finally hit the, the first month we are June, in. Baby. We're getting close. <laughs> uh, we watched Disneyland Around the Seasons, Around 1966. The cool, uh, cool with with thing. Walt himself. He's the narrator in this. The one. the 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 holy man, I guess. I don't know <laughs> the way they treat him, man. Man, it's you just think Disney Disney adults in general. You think he was? You think he was Jesus? Like <laughs> right? really? Goodness, They're like, man. wait, did Walt actually touch this camera? <laughs> He, this was his ca- what what <laughs> yeah uh but anyway this one isn't this one isn't that bad this it's just a little it's a little unengaging is really my only problem i was with about it. to say this this thing rocks like visually and like it's really charming and fun and quaint i think is a good word for it um it just spends way too much time showcasing its like individual sections uh, they just go on way too long, but it is meant to be like a tour of the new stuff at Disneyland. So it makes sense 
just in uh, criticizing it as a documentary and it, it needed to be more engaging right like every time it hit like the stuff that you would be least interested in it that's would, when it took the yeah, longest it would like there's there. there's 90% of this it feels like it's not actually feels like it's on that stupid parade oh which God. like the parade was fun <laughs> the parade but, like, was cool but like it, it it's not engaging <laughs> yeah uh, I gave it a three and a half out of five uh, I also gave it a three and a half. oh me oh me oh my uh, and then also on the first i watched toy story 2 as toy story speak, film. A, speak of the devil also known as toy story 2 <laughs> yes. it's um, so good and it's like toy story but like toy story, better but in every better. way and expanding on its <laughs> theme so perfectly introducing so many like just as good characters as the first one which it's, is insane it's the shrek 2 of the toy story <laughs> it is the shrek 2 of the toy story movie the toy story universe um it's it's <laughs> genuinely great i it's one of my favorite animated movies and i think it's one of the best sequels ever made yeah i give it a five out of five yes shout out to alternate buzz it's so good he's great no, honestly, I think, though, one other thing I want to add, even though I didn't, because I didn't watch Toy Story 3 in this other span, mm -hmm. I think the one other thing that really bothers me is that Toy Story 3 and 4 feel really self-indulgent in the fact of, like, the Toy Story universe. Oh, yeah, And this do. is, like, the last go-around where it feels, like, actually, like, oh, toys in this world, that's neat. I was about to say, Toy Story 3 almost adopts this kind of legacy sequel feeling. Yeah. Um that isn't present in the in toy story 2 mainly because it was made like four years later <laughs> right um but it yeah. wasn't toy story 3 made like it was made in like, seven, like it was made 17. in like 2010 or something like that like in the 2010s like it was yeah, i was about to say it so was made it like was a good a like nine time, years ago or yeah. something so it feels very much like it, it feels very much like oh remember this no oh. and like and like so much of like yeah there's yeah. like toy stuff in this but yeah. toys are still very much toys whereas in three and four they become even less toys than they were <laughs> right <laughs> dude in four they're just, they're just wandering everywhere they're just they're just sentient beings there's no way humans hadn't found them at this point <laughs> right Right. But yeah, um, yeah, fair criticism of the third movie, which we're not talking about. <laughs> I just wanted to mention that this was kind of the last go where yeah. I think the Toy Story universe felt as fleshed out as it should. It feels so good. <laughs> but yes, five out of five. Uh, and then on the second, me and Micah, we, we rented uh, The Lost City to watch with our parents because we assumed they would enjoy it. And they did enjoy it because it's a fun movie and everyone should enjoy it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, The Lost City. I think we mentioned it last episode we did. Uh, fun comedy uh, performances by Brad Pitt and Channing Tatum are both very, very fun. Uh, the script is surprisingly succinct and good and engaging. Uh, I'm still blown away at how well-paced this movie is for, like, a modern comedy. Dude, it's like, so rare. <laughs> for absolutely no reason, this movie is, like, surprisingly cohesive right? and fun and engaging. It just feel, it feels very fluid. Like, for, for, for what? No one, no, no one expected this movie to be good. There's, there's, like, there's not even a whole lot going on in the movie. No. Like, it's, it's, it's that kind of simple comedy that was made, like honestly throughout the 2010s uh -huh. but somehow done so much better than 90 percent of the <laughs> so ones made better. in the 2010s 
Um, Channing Tatum, like you said, Channing Tatum's performance. He's is really the standout of this fantastic movie, in this movie, which I was not he's expecting. So funny in this. because I'm not a big Channing Tatum fan. I've never been a big. But Channing having Tatum seen fan. him in this and seen a little bit of Twenty One Jump Street, I really want maybe to see he just needs Jump to be Street. cast in better things. He just needs. He just needs a good comedy director, man. He needs. He needs to fit the right character. Yeah. And dude, there's so many like really weird, surprisingly <laughs> fun bits. Daniel Radcliffe yeah. gives a fun performance. Yeah. And it's just. It's simple it's and fun. Simple, very simple movie. I liked it a lot. Uh, I gave it a four out of five. I gave it a three and a half. Oh, there you go. Uh, then on the second, um, well, it was still also second. on the okay. second, yeah. I meant, uh, <laughs> uh, I went back over to Haley's house for her birthday. You can't um, stay away, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> and uh, she wanted to show me Charlie's Angels, the, the 2000, the 2000s movie. The 2000s movie. With Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz. Oh, man. And uh, I just lost her name. And Lucy Liu. There's oh, one nice. other girl. Uh, I, mean, I don't name? know. I don't know who else is uh, in Charlie's uh, Angels. She would kill me for this because that's <laughs> Hillary Duff or whatever, I think. I, right. I, I don't know. <laughs> just, just. Continue. I have no idea. I'm looking at anyway. You, you claimed, you claimed <laughs> that Daredevil was the most like 2000s thing you felt, but no. I, I guarantee, if you watched this, you would say that this was the most 2000s thing. Drew Barrymore. Oh. That's who it is. This is like the most 2000s thing. Like I've, I've never seen a movie more 2000s than this. Fair enough. From its action to its premise to its soundtrack to its CG, to its, like, like everything. Even one of my biggest problems with it, which is the way it treats women and race, which is mm. really uncomfortably. <laughs> LL Cool J is in it. <laughs> Drew Barrymore opens up with doing, like, the equivalent of Mission Impossible blackface. Oh, no. Um, what? Oh, no. And they don't really rise above that bar. And, like, this was, this was, this was directed by a guy and written obviously. by several guys. Well, Micah, all directors are men. Um, obviously. <laughs> And this I know Charlie's, Charlie's Angels kind of <laughs> shtick is like they use their sexuality as like to their advantage. They they use it to be good spies. Um, but you can have that without <laughs> the camera feeling like it's drooling Ooh. over the women every second it can. Ooh. Like every second it can. It's not even when they're like specifically trying to be seductive. Oh man. It's like they'll be doing a random thing. And it'll be, like, lingering on their butt or something. Ugh. It's really kind of creepy to watch that aspect of the film. Um, and the way it treats especially Cameron Diaz's character mm. is really kind of uncomfortable. I really don't like it. Um, <laughs> beyond the fact that I just am not a big Cameron Diaz fan. Yeah. But, like, that really detracted from what is otherwise a pretty darn fun movie with a lot of really fun bits and some decently good action. Hmm? unexpected and like the 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 actresses the main actresses give good performances i just really didn't like the way that they were treated and the way it treats other races fair enough uh i gave it three stars sorry yeah on the second while he was gone i watched uh the new diary of a wimpy kid uh adaptation 2021 i say new i mean i guess it's new yeah um it's no it's no uh Diary of a Wimpy Kid 2010. <laughs> but, okay, but 2010. But what is, is? dude? 2010 <laughs> that is that movie's so good, man. 2010 
it's not even like that good of a movie it but is like, a it is the a elements banger, the man. elements that are good in it are like out of the water fantastic dude it's greg so much Hefley. fun greg heffley greg and rowley and roderick and yes. like every casting choice in the 2010s we're not even talking about the 2010s one but like it's so good yeah uh 2021 animated version should not exist um it doesn't bring anything new to the table. The elements of it that are good are good because the book has good elements. <laughs> um, good because story, not because... <laughs> exactly, yeah. Not not really because... It, it feels like an animated TV show pilot and not a movie. Yeah. It just It really needs a better creative force behind it and uh, just much better dialogue. Uh, not dialogue, uh, sound editing... Honestly, and just regular editing in general. I haven't seen it, but honestly, most of most people that I saw talking about it pretty much said that it feels like you copy pasted Diary of a Wimpy Kid, even the movie, mm-hmm. like the other movie, yeah. made it animated in a weird style that's supposed to emulate the books. The animation and, doesn't even look and bad; like, it just looks weird. <laughs> and like, just like seeped, like sucked it of all of its actual good cinematic, like life. Like it's yeah. just, it's just exactly Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Dude, it tr- it has some like punchy stylistic shot choices in it, but it ju- it's the soundscape is so dry that none of it hits, and it made me <laughs> so sad. I'm like, ah, but yeah, it it wasn't bad. It wasn't nearly as bad as a lot of people I know seem to think it is. Um, I gave it a three out of five. Uh, and then on the third, me and Micah yes. watched Oliver and Company Oliver for the first time, Company, which I have a weird relationship <laughs> with. In terms of when, such, when growing up, we have a weird backstory. When, when growing up, we found these things that were like storybook audio drama recreation using clips of the movie so to retell the story in like twenty minutes. <laughs> and we we or at least I turned on the I Oliver and say, Company. I remember one these all man. the time. Like there was a Beauty and the Beast one. There was an yeah. I don't even know what these are. Maybe maybe somebody else remembers the what these are. They were like storybook um, something. But they used actual just clips from the movies. Yeah, they used like dialogue snippets from the movies, and they used like clips of the songs and stuff. Um, with so, narration. So that was my experience with this film before <laughs> I ever watched it. This would be such a weird movie to watch that way. <laughs> and yeah. I remember it being really like weird, and like the story is really weird. It is, and weird. it turns. Turns out it was. <laughs> it's so weird. It's just like this weird artifact of the 80s. I said it was like an 80s anime <laughs> that America made. <laughs> um, but like it, it, it's, I don't know. I don't know how it's to describe it, but weird. It was fun. Um, it has some really fun like character animation in it. Um, I wasn't a big fan of a lot of the main, like, cast of characters. I don't know. I know it's, like, a Charles no, Dickens, yeah. like, adaptation. I, I, I'm not familiar with the story of Oliver in any, like, capacity. So. Right. This doesn't seem like the story of Oliver that I know, but I've never actually yeah, exactly. watched I've n- n- Oliver. <laughs> I've never seen, like, something that's supposed to be or a faithful Oliver. adaptation of it, yeah. so um, I don't know. It's Yeah, I don't know. It's really weird. It. I honestly would describe it as very, feeling very similar to like the Aristocats. It's like '80s yeah. the Aristocats. Yeah, that's pretty, um, that's a good description. And of it. It, a lot of problems between the two are kind of similar, and kind of its aimlessness yeah. and weird 
decisions. <laughs> so weird. Um, <laughs> but it's really just like it's a fun movie. It's a fine movie. Like I don't, yeah, know. I don't yeah. have too much to say about it. I I can sing along with the songs, which is really weird because I had never watched the movie. <laughs> like I never watched the movie ever, but I'm like, cause I got streets of love. <laughs> I will say that is one thing I really will praise about this movie. It's character animation. Okay, two things I'll really praise about this. Movie. I it's character animation and how unconventional a lot of its music is for a Disney movie. Um, it I I haven't really heard another Disney movie that sounds like this one does. Yeah, and I think it's all the better for it. I really like the soundtrack. But man, the story is so it's weird. So weird. I don't know, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, I gave it three stars. Uh, I gave it a three and a half out of five. Um, also on the third, technically, Oliver and Company was the the night before. Yeah, but yeah, it was late enough. But on the third, we watched uh, Guava Island. Guava Island. Childish Gambino. Donald Glover. Did I Guava Island 2019? Yeah, 2019, baby. Um, and man, this is really up my alley in terms of <laughs> filmmaking. Yeah, um, it is. <laughs> this this kind of feels like 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 it's not obviously something I would make, uh, but it kind of feels <laughs> like it feels like the filmmaking equivalent of something I would want to make. Yeah, it does. <laughs> with similar problems to what I usually run into with stuff I make. Um, it it. It actually, the way True Stories was like a Talking Heads album as a movie, this is basically a Childish Gambino album as a movie. Well, it's not even. I think this is. Uh, it has a lot of the same the summer e- like EP release kind of weird thing. Yeah. Personified as a movie. Yeah. Because, like, I think that's honestly a very messy couple songs in yeah. terms of togetherness. It's it, it feels somehow too long and too short at the same time. See, I don't know about the too long. I, I really loved the atmosphere and just being no, in the no. movie. No, no. I said in my review, the small moments and stuff in this are so sweet and nice and pleasant. And I really, <laughs> like, like, it really does feel like it's trying to be more of an artistic piece than it's pulling off, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it feels like its uh, ambitions as a piece of art are bigger than its ability as a piece of art. And unfortunately, I think some of that does come into um, the fact that Childish Gambino's music doesn't really fit everywhere here. It feels a little clunkily included. Yeah, it does not mesh well a lot of the time with the stuff here, especially This Is America. Oh, That is, like, the most painful scene to I watch in this like movie, that. man. And there are a lot of really weird moments that come out of uh, Donald Glover's performance that just feel really out of place with the rest of what the movie's trying yeah. to do. It's not even that it's bad. I don't think it's bad. But, like... Why? Why? Why is this here in this moment? Rihanna is wasted here, man. See, I saw so many people complain. I thought Rihanna was used really well. No, she is. She's great in what she's in, but like she, she didn't even get to sing or anything in this. That's true. But like outside of her not singing, like I don't know. I, I just I wish really, she was. In I really it liked her. I just inclusion. wanted her to be in it more. But yeah, it comes down to this really weird thing where like some of my biggest character problems come down to Donald Glover's performance and it's really weird in like a Donald Glover picture even though he didn't direct that he kind of made himself like the weird <laughs> martyr for music and culture and art yeah i don't know man it's it's odd it's an odd film but what it's doing i really like cinematography yeah. gorgeous oh my lighting goodness. gorgeous this is production of, design gorgeous this is one of the best like low budget movies i've seen and one of the best looking low budget movies i've ever seen the cinematography and blocking and everything is just 
Hmm. It, it so actually it's... really reminds me of Kurosawa's dreams, uh, <laughs> but like sloppily executed. <laughs> Fair enough. And it's writing that is. Yeah. Uh, but I give it four stars. I, I still give it really. A, yeah, I really gave it a three and a half it. out of five. I I really enjoyed it too. I thought it was fun. Uh, and later that night, we watched oh, uh, no. Fantastic Beasts: The Secret of Dumbledore. Don't worry, guys. We're we're almost there. <laughs> we are. We're like a couple movies away. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Secrets of Dumbledore. Uh, it it's better than Crimes of Grindelwald. <laughs> yeah, it's it's um, not it's not an utter disaster. No, it's but not. it's an absolute boring, depressing piece of nothingness. I I sense. wanted to like it so bad, and it it feels like a great cinematic triumph compared to Crimes of Grindelwald. Right. I'm like, look, they're actually like focusing on character stuff. There's in actually this. moments in the movie. They, there's like stuff happening. And I'm like, yay. But I'm like, wait a minute. This is like the lowest bar right? for, for a movie. It's so boring. Oh, yeah, man. It's, it's just... It's just like largely unengaging, and the for plot a lot is of them so flimsy. Like it's actively <laughs> so two, two, two or three major things happen in the entire two and a half hour runtime. Oh man! Like yeah. n- most of it is like nobody can know the entire plan. <laughs> and I'm We've like, I sure hide. would like to know. The plan. <laughs> and then like the entire plan was pretty much them just like goofing around as to. Like, like right? goofing around, trying to make the audience think <laughs> something interesting was happening to confuse Grindelwald. No, the moment <laughs> they said no one can know the full plan, I'm like, oh no, we're not going to give anything interesting nothing, for the next hour. <laughs> nothing important happens at all. Yeah. Like, the in the end of the movie, they don't pull off anything like Ocean's Eleven E and cool, like, of, of not telling ever. Like, literally, the character who just wasn't in, like, Spoilers so for the movie. Dude. I know it's recent, but My she's goodness. given she's given the case. She walks out of the movie. <laughs> she's not in the movie. At the very end, we're at the place where the case sure would be useful, and she just walks up she and she's like, up. "I had the case the whole time. Nobody could know the whole thing." And we're like, "What do you mean? Yeah. What are you talking about?" It's a very dumb movie, <laughs> but I I admire its gumption I, and... for existing. <laughs> I don't. I do not support J.K. Rowling, and I really wish she would no. just get off of screenplay writing. Oh yes, please. My goodness. Why? Uh, not a good screenwriter. I gave it uh, two stars. I gave it a two and a half. It it is not bad, but it is not good. I think it, I think it's kind of bad. <laughs> it's with kind just, of with bad. just how empty and gray and dry. Yeah. And the only the only stuff that actually feels like something <laughs> is when Newt is doing stuff because exactly. I genuinely think that's a fun character. Yeah. But again, the Fantastic Beasts have been so drowned out that literally he's only in this movie <laughs> and the last movie because he's semi important to the MacGuffin that's in the movie for yeah. five seconds man disappointing like they literally least. rob him of his one like his case so right. he's just like completely he's out of his element guy. he's just some awkward <laughs> wizard guy that's all he is uh and even the magic is i, I could talk about this movie for way okay. too long magic <laughs> is used terribly in it this is. movie it's such a bad use of the harry potter <laughs> universe it could it could have been set anywhere <laughs> dude but yeah yeah two stars um, what else did you watch, Micah? On the 4th, I watched Scooby-Doo Adventures The Mystery Map. <laughs> the Mystery uh, Map. I think it's one of the only movies set in the pup, uh, pup, the pup, why did I just lose it? It's like the pup Scooby-Doo or something. This Man, what is the that puppy called? The Puppy-Doo. 
What is that called? The I don't series know. where it's, it's just Scooby, um, like when he's a puppy and all of them are young. I have no idea what a you're talking about. A pup named Scooby Doo or something oh, like that. Oh, wow. I did not know this. Um, I don't know Scooby Doo more. <laughs> <laughs> so they're all young. They're kids. That's oh, cool. This is Scooby Doo. This is shape shifting Scooby Doo. Like he gets a Scooby snack and he can shape shift. What? Um, and... There's like advanced lore. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really like, oh my goodness. So many people hate this movie. It's 50 minutes. So many people hate it. Is it a feature? Is it counted as feature? I counted as feature length. Okay. I don't know if it actually is on. Probably, box. yeah. Um, like there are other fifty-minute things that are. Counted. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's puppets, and that's so that's sick. So cool. It's so cute puppets and are fun. Cool. People are like, "Oh, the jokes don't work." I think the jokes work. I thought it was funny. I it's mean, like, it's for that, when I was up there, it was pretty funny. It's like that dry Disney Channel or just Disney Junior five in the morning. <laughs> humor but like i really like that it's really stupid and the plot is so flimsy but because it's kind of like riding on the edge of even existing it kind of works and i really enjoy it (laughs) i gave it three stars fair enough the puppet work is really fun uh and also on the fourth we watched the man from uncle for the very first time yeah uh, my guy third Ritchie. Guy Ritchie movie, and this is considerably better than the rest of his stuff that I've seen. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's just a really like fun spy movie, which is kind of weird to find in the 2010s outside of like Mission Impossible. Right. Like, and this kind of <laughs> felt like it was like it could have teed itself up to be almost Mission Impossible levels of like good like this is this yeah. is like mission impossible three levels of good yeah you could have well up, <laughs> i don't know you could have teed up a really a really like it okay mission impossible <laughs> three really flashy a little bit lacking on substance i i think mission impossible three has a lot to offer as a film <laughs> all i'm saying is it's good and it, it, it feels like it was just on the same tier as some of the mission impossible movies save for a little bit of the richness in the background that makes the mission impossible movies so enduring yeah i think it's a little surface level is my really my biggest complaint yeah i think i think just overall the way the plot and the mystery plays out is kind of weird character moment wise yeah the what's her face's whole character thing (laughs) that happens later on is (laughs) kind of dumb weird and dumb And outside of that, though, like, the leads are really fun. I don't even like Army Hammer at all, but, like, he's fun in this. Yeah. Henry Cavill's great. I was worried, because Henry Cavill can either be really, really fun or the most boring person in the world. Yeah, I was about to say, either he's, like, really fun and pulpy, or he's just, like, the giving the most bland performance ever. And I thought this was pretty darn fun for yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, pretty good. There was some fun creative decisions and some fun casting stuff, some fun lines, some fun action set pieces. Overall, a fun movie. I liked the split screen stuff. Split screen was, it was cool. very cool. <laughs> I also liked the like direct uh, missile, like ginormous missile hit on a tiny boat. <laughs> that, <laughs> that was pretty great. That was pretty good. <laughs> they sent a whole warhead after the boat. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, fun yeah. movie. I give it a four out of five. I give it a three and a half out of five. Alrighty. Uh, and then this very afternoon. <laughs> Here we go. This Today. very afternoon. Wow. I watched Disney Nature's Monkey Kingdom and narrated. <laughs> By the one, the only Tina Fey. She's pretty good on Thirty Rock, Mike. <laughs> I will say. And these these two, 
I, I okay it's been a while since i watched born in china we watched it in theaters <laughs> when it came out yeah i remember it being pretty okay it was like, yeah, it was yeah, all right a little emotional in it if i remember sitting in the theater <laughs> Michael was crying in the closet a little, a little emotional at born in china <laughs> uh but apparently that was a high bar to set for these to be taking themselves seriously at all because I have now watched two other of Disney Nature's documentaries, both of them being about specific animal species instead of just, like, an entire region. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're so weird the way they approach them. <laughs> instead of, like, teaching you stuff about it, I mean, obviously it teaches you stuff about it because it shows you their society and them, but it, like, does this weird thing where it tries really hard to deliver a narrative story out of the life of these animals <laughs> and it does it in a they're really gas or grasping at a fog <laughs> it does it in a really weird goofy way like john c <laughs> Riley did the bear one this was it's got like the weirdest <laughs> pop music drops and this one's got like tina fey being like oh what a sexy monkey or something what? like that <laughs> like it's just really weird <laughs> trying to be like pulpy and interesting and like trying to grasp at straws to make a story but i really honestly would have loved this really beautiful amazing footage they captured to just be telling me about what these monkeys do <laughs> yeah that would be that would be better and i mean like the story this one crafted uh monkey kingdom uh crafted is fine like it's it's interesting <laughs> it's pretty cohesive as the nature documentary stories go um, yeah, but it still feels like they're not really, a high bar. <laughs> it still feels like they're really grasping to try and make something narratively happen and like some kind of emotional thing go on. Um, and it just I don't know. It just makes it feel really mid for some really beautiful <laughs> filmmaking. Like the documentary filmmaking is really I mean, they're professional film like nature photographers and videographers. But like it's so like there are some shots that are i'm like oh my gosh that's gorgeous micah finished monkey kingdom and said mid <laughs> no there's this shot there's this shot at night that's like the moon framed off to the right through the jungle like really big uh-huh. massive and this peacock sticks its head perfectly in the center of the moon <laughs> that is a this, long lens man. making this silhouette <laughs> that literally looks like the a ninja kiwi logo it's amazing it's shout a, out to ninja it's kiwi a really for real. it's a really beautiful shot wow <laughs> but like the movie itself <laughs> is like aggressively goofy and weird with tina fey and i don't know how i feel about that i All give right. it three out of five well there you go guys we watched a bunch of a bunch of first watches actually Whew, like yeah. a surprising <laughs> amount like only i only had uh three rewatches over the course of I that time five which is not very many <laughs> yeah like you watch so many movies um but yeah uh thank you for listening through this whole thing we, yeah. we're at like the hour and a half mark now so yeah. uh, uh definitely go check out uh go check out badlands swiss army man was great swiss um, army man if you're old enough yeah if you're old enough to watch uh, it high and low brothers bloom was fun uh close up very very good i would definitely suggest it especially to get get yourself cultured watch some different culture cinema if you're old enough for it ambulance is also fantastic um and holes go to watch holes and just just spend your summer watching good movies that's the moral that's my recommendation that's what you should do with your summer (laughs) wow that's what everybody should do with their summer (laughs) that's what everyone should do with their lives mike well i don't know about that (laughs) (laughs) yeah good movies good bad movies bad mid movies mid (laughs) 
<laughs> Very insightful. Thank you. Uh, tune in next week. We'll be talking about War uh, for the Planet of the War Apes. War for the Planet of the Apes. Uh, yeah. Woot woot. See you then. Bye.